We're going to be learning Lukot Yisichas Chelek Yudzayin for Sicha and Parshas Tezriah. We're going to be using the uh, translation to Lashon HaKadosh for those who would prefer that language. So this is going to be a mix of a Nigla Sicha and a Chassidah Sicha. The question is going to be more Nigla based, but the answer is going to be an answer which is mostly a BRLP Pini Mesinyan. Zafalaf, Ala Pasuk Biyim Hashmini, Yimel Masara Lasai, Dershu Azabas, Peteris Kayanim Ugamar, Biyim Valay Balayla. So in this week's parasha tells us that on the eighth day, uh, the Mila will be given. So the Chazal say, what does it mean on the eighth day? It means specifically during the daytime and not during the night. So the Mila has to be during the day. So the feed Rosh Azun Nimsa Shadin, the Ain Malam Balayla, Nishadish Rak Lacher Matan Taira. According to this drasha, that this halacha, that you're not allowed to have mila uh, at night, is a din which was neschadish only after Matan Torah. So only, because since Parshish Tazriah is a parsha in the Torah which was after Matan Torah, so this din is a din which was taught to the Yidin after the Torah is already given. But before the Matan Torah, like by Avram Ravino and by the Yidin in Mitzrayim, they were allowed to give a mila or have a mila even during the night. He says, even according to the second source in the Gemara, Masech Shabbos brings another source for how we know that the Mila has to be uh, during the day. And the Gemara tells us that in Parshas Lachlacha, when Avram Avinu is giving the Mila to his household, it says that the Ben Shemaynus Yaman, the, the, the son on the eighth uh, on the eighth day. So, and the uh, Taisa says that this is the main limb of them. It says that on the eighth day means specifically on, on the eighth day. And that's actually the main limb that teaches us that it needs to be during the daytime, not on this week's Parsha. She says, even according to this source, and even according to Taisus that holds that this is the main source, nonetheless, that's only when the Mila is given on the right day. As the Pasik says, that Ben Shmeinis Yamin, when it's eight days old, you give a Mila. So it's telling us that, that even before Matan Taira, the child is supposed to have the Mila during the day when it's on the eighth day. But what happens when it's Shleibah's For example, let's say the child was sick, he wasn't able to have it on the eighth day. Are you allowed to have it by the day or by the night? So that would have been permitted before Matan Terah. Because we only learn in our, this week's Parsha, and Parsha's Tazria, that since it says, Ubayim Hashmini, and we learn from the extra Vav that, Ubayim Hashmini, that even when it's Shleibah's it has to be during the daytime. Uh, so come to that before Matan Torah, they were allowed to have a Mila during the day if it was Shalai Bismana. But if it was Tak on the eighth day, it had to be specifically during the day. But after Matan Torah, um, a Mila is never allowed it to be given during the day, whether it was Bismana or Shalai Bismana. Base. So the Bira Inyan Yesh is Divya Medrash. So to explain this idea about why before Matan Torah, uh, they were allowed to have a Mila, uh, in certain scenarios during the, uh, during the night, mash inking after matan Torah. So we're going to explain this through a medrash. Shvizman shal Yisrael b'Mitzrayim harbim hem loyim akabalayim lamu. That when the Yidden were Mitzrayim, many of the Yidden did not want to do the mila. So Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu Shiasa Pasach. So Moshe, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu that he should make the carbon Pasach. V'kevin Shasa Moshe Asa Pasach. Gazer Kadosh Baruch Hu Dala Ruchas Elam Chulu and Hoch Vendid Goisa Pasach. So once Moshe Rabbeinu made the Pasach, Hashem was Gazer. He commanded the four um, winds of the earth, meaning all four directions, that their winds should first go through Gan Eden, and then once it leaves Gan Eden, it should go and penetrate and enter into the Korban Pasach. And then from the Korban Pasach, he would again, that smell would spread out um, throughout the world. So what happened? So all the Yidin came to Moshe Rabbein and they smelled, uh, this Korban Pasach smelled mamish like a Gan Eden. So he says, we request you, please let us eat from your Karim Pasach. So 
So he tells them that you want to eat from the Pasach, you first need to have the Karma Mila. So right away, they all uh, gave themselves and they all had a Mila. So, comes from this Medrash that the Yidin uh, actually had the Mila on the night of Pesach. As it says, they came to Moish and says, let us eat. The eating of the Karim Pesach was it had to be specifically at night. So this that the Medrash says that they wanted to eat it, it's clear that they came to Moish to eat the Pesach. It says, before you can eat it, you first got to do the Mila. And even more than that, from this Medrash, and especially in the Medrash in Shur Hashim Rabbah, um, it's, it's clear that Moshe Rabbeinu only gave him the command that an oral, someone who does not have a meal, is not allowed to eat, uh, once it already was nighttime. When they wanted to eat the carbon pasach, the Shir Shim Rabbah, the Rebbe says, is even clearer because over there it literally says that they were, they were, Moshe Rabbeinu was eating the carbon, or it says, he literally says he was eating the carbon pasach, and they came to him and wanted to eat the carbon pasach, and then he gave them the command that an oral is not allowed to eat from it, so you have to do the bris milah. So from there it's even clearer uh, that it was, it was done at night, and not only that, but even the command of Chal Ar was given to them specifically at night. So of any movement. He says, it's true. The Mila, as we said earlier, was permitted uh, during the night uh, before Matan Tayyar. As we said, as long as it wasn't Bizman, meaning on the eighth day, uh, it was allowed to be even by the night. But we still need to have an explanation. He says, since B'nai Yisrael, many of them did not have the Mila yet. And um, why did, and these Yidin that did not have the Mila, they didn't have, why did they have the Mila? It's only because Hashem made this Gansa Geshaft with the winds going through Gan Eden and they smelt the smell of Gan Eden in the Karma Pasach. And that's the only reason why they had the Mila is because they, uh, because they wanted to eat from the Karma Pasach. So Lachayur Hashem could have done this thing before the night, meaning is like a, as soon as Moshe Rabbeinu, for example, shechted the Karma Pasach and he started roasting it during the day, um, they could have smelled it, and even before the night came, it's still during the day, they could have smelled this carbon Pasach, and they would have wanted to eat and say, oh, can we eat from it tonight? You know, at the proper time. He says, you can't even eat from it tonight until you actually have the bris mila. Or Hashem, or Kiyetz possession should have done another type of Indian that would have made them do the mila even before the night. And then Moshe Rabbeinu would have been able to teach the Bnei Yisrael the halacha of Chol Or Yechaba, and they would have done the Mila by Yayim. Meaning is, why was it that Hashem specifically wanted to have the Mila by night? Halachically, yes, it was fine, but we see that the way Hashem um, formulated this plan, it was done specifically that they should have the Mila by night. The question is, why? Why did Hashem want to have it specifically in this scenario, Shalei Bizmanai? So Gimel, Bifas Toyer Mavar Natarz. Bifas Toyer is one of the Meforshim on the Medrash. He answers like this. He says, "Yitachin Shahayizak Kaid Mechashechacha." Amar Chriach came beBeis Tamim. Shemechashechacha Shuyam Tov Eim Malin Shleib Bezmana Deicha Isa. So the Bifas Toyer actually wants to say that they actually did have the Mila before. Uh, before the night, and he gives two proofs. First of all, he says at night it will have been yamtif, and we know you're not allowed to have a meal. A meal of shleibizmana is not deicha shabbos, and it's not deicha yamtif. So if it would have been the night, it would have been yamtif. They wouldn't have been allowed to have the meal. And the second thing is, we as we learned before, there is no meal by night in malam belayla. Of course, the Rebbe proved that that's not necessarily true before matan Torah. But anyway, this is the proof that he gives. He says, He says, but it's impossible to say that it happened during the day, because this story was also said in Shir Shirm Rabbah. Uh, on the Pasuk, it says, while the king was sitting, the smell of the, the smell of the, uh, Incense went out and sp- sp- spread forth. 
So it was, and it's clear from the way how the Shir Shurm says this uh, says the story that was that night. Because he says over there, what does it mean that the king was sitting? It means that Moshe Rabbeinu and the Yidim were sitting and eating their Pesach. And while they're eating the Pesach, the smell of the incense, meaning is like the smell of Gan Eden, uh, according to the Medrash, left uh, the Korban Pasach. And then the Yidim came and asked Moshe Rabbeinu that they want to eat it. And then he gives them the command that you need to have the Mila. So it's clear from this Medrash and Shur Shur Rabbah that they were literally sitting and eating the Korban Pasach. So for sure happened that the, at the night because we know the Chilas Pasach needs to be Belay Lazel. It was a Sivim of that the Korban Pasach had to be eaten at night. So that would have been the 15th at night and not before it came dark, became dark. Says the two proofs that he brings that a how could they have the mila at night? The mila and the second proof was you know Allah had a mila by night. These are not proofs that are uh, they're not machriach. Meaning is it's, it's these are proofs that we're able to upshlock and show that they're not necessary. Mishtei Tami gives two reasons. First of all, the second proof that he gives that you're not allowed to have Mila by night when it's Shalei that was a din that was Neschadish only after Matan Tayyib. As we proved earlier, before Matan Tayyib, you, you were allowed to have a Mila at night. And base. <coughs> He says, another thing is we don't actually find that there was an Isser to do Malacha on Yom Tif during the Pesach Mitzrayim. Meaning, is, of course, nowadays you're not allowed to do any Malacha during Yom Tif of Pesach, the first and the seventh day. But by Pesach Mitzrayim, it doesn't say anywhere there was actually Aser to do Malacha on that day. Because even though it says the Pasuk that on the first day of Pesach, and the second day of Pesach will be a holiday, and you will not do any work, that was in the Parshas Boy. Parshas Boy, as we know, is in the middle of the whole story of Yitzis Petraim. But he's So even though it's in this whole idea of not work, not doing any work on the first and seventh day of Pesach was said, that parsha was said by Yitzim Mitzrayim, but we know it wasn't referring to Pesach Mitzrayim because Pesach Mitzrayim was only one day, right? Remember, they, they had the Pesach, uh, they shechted on the Yudalit and they ate it on the Tazvav and then the power kicked them out. Already in the morning, they left. The whole Yom was was one day, even less than a day. Um, they didn't have a seventh day of, of Yom Tif. So clearly, this, that parsha is not referring to Pesachim Chatzrayim. He says, and don't try to say that the Pasuk is, there's two different dinim. Meaning is, of course, one din <clears throat> was for passing time and also for future generations on the first day of Yom Tif, you're not allowed to do work. And the second end of the, of the Pasuk that on the seventh day is also Yom Tif. That would be said about future generations, meaning you'll take one Pasuk and say, true, the second part of the Pasuk is definitely not talking about Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. But the first pas- part of the Pasuk about the first day being a Yom Tif, that would be said about uh, Pasuk Mitzrayim and Malacha would have been Aser and then obviously they wouldn't have been allowed to have the Mila. He says, you can't say that because Ki, Aleph, because of Namar, Ko Malacha Le'yasa Behem. He says, because it's one command. It says, on the first and the seventh day, you're not allowed to do any Malacha on them. So it's one Isser. It's on them you're not allowed to do any Malacha. So how can you split one Tzivoy, one command into two? It's one command. So if one part of the command was clearly not referring to Pesach Mitzrayim, also the other part of the command. You can't take one command and, and split it into two. It's one laugh. And Bez, It says on, on this Pasuk, the Mechilta tells us, it says, Mechilta says, how do I know that it wasn't just the Yom Tov in which would have been Aser B'Siyas Malacha? Uh, how do I know even the first day of Yom Tov would also have been Aser? Because it says in that Pasuk, and it also says on the seventh day, so, uh, uh, and, and then it says, you're not allowed to do any work. So, she says, from the, the main Esser 
is actually on the seventh day. And then we learn from it that it also applies to the first day because it also says over there, So the actual, where does it say clearly that it's going to be awesome Allah? That's the seventh day. And from the seventh day, we're also learning on the first day. So the Iker Isa, which was Biyamish Vilay Nahag, Muvan, Shagama Isra Noisa Biyamishan, Loy Mayer Pasmatraim. So if the main Isr, which was on the seventh day, was not Noyig, then it's understood that the additional Isr, which was that also on the first day it's gonna be Asr, meaning is that the first day that we learn is Asr, based on the fact that the seventh day Asr for sure will not be referring to Pasmatraim, because if you didn't have the seventh day Asr, then of course you cannot have the like additional Isr, which would have been the first day being Asr. And Gimel the Pasmatraim, Rishan And it says another thing is on Pasmatraim, there wasn't a Yom Rishan, meaning as the, the first day and the seventh day. Like a like part of a count, like one, two, three. It, there only was uh, yoyim echad. It wasn't even a yoyim rishon. So it says be yoyim rishon on the first day. Mikra kodesh, you didn't have that. All you had was yoyim echad. So just to sum up, uh, we can't use the answer of the fifth toyar was that even during Pesach Mitzrayim, the mila really happened by day. So the Rebbe proves that's not true. Rather, the mila taka was by night, as it seems very as it's very clear from the madrash. And regarding two issues that the Feitayer had, uh, A, that you're not allowed to have a Mila, a Mila is not allowed to be at night. We've already proven that, that you are allowed to have a Mila Shlei at night before Matan Tayra. And regarding that you're not allowed to do a Mila, a Mila Shlei Bezmana is not Deich Yamtif, we said basically it doesn't have a din of Isser Asis Malacha by Pasa Chutzrayim, because that whole malacha of the first day and the seventh day, you shouldn't do any malacha, that's only that something which was a schadish for future generations, but it didn't actually apply to Pasuk Mitzrayim. Dalit. He says, Afilu lahadea dasa ran, should Pasuk Mitzrayim nahig iser malacha, he says, even according to the opinion of the ran, that the, during the Pesach Mitzrayim, there was uh, an iser malacha. So according to the ran, he holds that they talk were not allowed to do malacha. So Ibezoi, this question returns. So we could still answer the question, how was the Mila Shlebizmana Deicha Yamtif? If you're not allowed to do any Malacha on Yamtif, and since it was Shlebizmana, you can't push it away. So we'll answer like this. It says, so this is the Shir Shir Mabah. This is a, another place in Shir Shir Mabah. It's not the same Medrash we uh, quoted earlier. This is a different Medrash. It says on the, uh, about the Pasuk, that says all of them were holding swords. They were all experts in war. Each man had the sword on his thigh that when Moshe Rabbeinu told them to do the Mila, right away each one took his sword uh, on his thigh and he mauled himself. So it says, Ish means literally he took the sword and put it on his thigh, meaning he cut that area of the thigh where you would have the milah. So the Lachayra Aleph, Why is the Medrash, uh, based on the Pasik, emphasizing that they did it with a sword? Isn't the main idea is that Moshe Rabbeinu told them to do it, then they did it right away. And also, why does it matter if it's his own sword? What if it was something like, does it matter if it was his sword or someone else's? Again, the main uh, the Hadgasha of the Medrash is the Chayra that they did it right away. He says, This is answering that question. When is, when is a Mila considered a Malacha Nyantif? Mila is Bapashtis, um, a Malacha of Chayvel. Uh, when would that be a malacha on yamtiv? That's only when it's done in its normal way with an ismil. That's the type of knife that is used for bris milah. But a mila becherev, that's a malach shleikadak, malacha kazuma teres medrais. But if you use a sword, people don't use swords to do a mila. Therefore, it would be done with a shinoi. And since it's done shleikadak, that would be a malacha which is midaraisa permitted. Uh, the Rebbe does point out in R29 that even if you want to say that it's another issue, could be the Indian of tikkun gavra. Like, uh, like a makabapatish type of idea that you're fixing the person, you're not allowed to fix a person, you're not allowed to fix a kli on Yamtiv to make it uh, finished, because I'll be a malach of makabapatish. He says, Vipashtis, as he proves there, that would be a only a malacha midrarbana. 
right? The union of Makkah Pahatish, a tikkuni gavur, as he calls it, fixing a person on, on Shabbos Yamta, which is also, that would only be, again, also only an Isser uh, Durban. And he even brings him in Chizchinach, that says, Papashtus, uh, that when do we say this idea of tikkun gavra, that's only by something which the whole world considers fixing. Uh, fixing. Like you have a kli and you fix the kli, that would be considered a tikkun gavra. But something which is, doing a mila is not something which would be considered a tikkun gavra, that's only a tikkun because Hashem gave us a mitzvah, therefore that would be considered a tikkun. But Masha Inkain, for a regular person, that's not a tikkun, therefore it might not even go into the, uh, the gather of, of tikkun gavra because it's only a tikkun based on this, that we have a mitzvah. And he brings other chayna that disagree with the Amin Chazkanach. But anyways. Therefore it stresses, that was with the sword, to tell you that it was done with the shirin. But if it would just say that they used the cherev, so we usually we translate it as sword, but we technically could translate it also as the mila, as a knife used to do the mila. As it says in the passage, you should make for yourself charvoy surim, and then you should mal the bnei Yisrael. So we see this lashon of cherv is also used for doing the mila. Therefore, the Pasuk says it was his sword. We're talking about the experts of, of war, warriors, and they used their sword to do the Mila. What type of sword does a warrior have that is a sword that you use for fighting, not a uh, Mila knife? So according to this, they were allowed to have the Mila by night because it was done with the Shunir. So even if you hold that there was an Isr Malacha on Yom Tif, but since they did it with the Shunir, it wouldn't have been an Isr Malacha with the Raisa. Uh, so they would have allowed to do it. But the main question is, at least if we on him, why did Hashem want them specifically to do the Mila at night and not during the day, as it's usually done. Uh, so there's another answer. We'll understand this based on another answer. That Chorinim give another explanation why, how the Bnei Yisrael were, were, were able to do the Mila at night. The answer we've been giving until now is that before Matan Tairah, when it's a Mila Shleibizman, it's permitted to be at done at night. But other Chorinim give different explanations. And this is one of the explanations given how they could have done it at night. So they explain. So they want to say that it says in the Zayar that the night of Mitzis Bishraim, night shone like day. So the night had a din of the daytime. So since that night had a din of daytime, therefore they were allowed to do the Milah uh, during that time. So just to give you a little more background, what shot over there is, that Laila Kiyem Yair, because it says uh, in Midrashim, that when Hashem created light, it says, that Hashem called the Yoyim, uh, the, the, the light, or Yoyim, and it says, Elikim called or Yoyim, but regarding the end of the Pasuk, it says, it says, darkness he called night. It doesn't say that Hashem called the darkness night. So they, the Madrashim say it's because nothing bad comes from Hashem, only good. So the idea of light, which is something which is positive, that Hashem made. But darkness, it doesn't use Hashem's name because nothing bad comes from Hashem. So they ask, ah, it says, Leil Shmurim Hula Hashem, that the night of Pesach is a Leil of guarding or, leil, uh, or a night of anticipation for Hashem. It says clearly that the night of Pesach is a Leil Shmurim and it's La Hashem. How could that be? Therefore, uh, the explanation is, Layla Kiyam Yayir that the night of Pesach wasn't a regular night. It was a night which was also a day, that it shone like the day. So therefore, B'meilan had a din of Yom, so therefore, since they had a din of Yom, uh, they were allowed to do the Milah. So some Achorinim ask on this explanation, that im l'leil yitzit Yisraim ha'yudin Yom, ich kaimu b'y b'nei Yisrael ha'mitzvah sa'tluis b'laylach, this Pesach ma'atzer mar v'chulu. So the Mepharshim ask, um, if the Yitzis Mitzrayim had a din of the daytime, then how could they fulfill the mitzvahs which are tali belayla? For example, the chilas pasach matzamar, that had to be eaten specifically at night. So it had to be eaten specifically at night, but we just said that it had the din of a day. So those Mephorshim don't like that answer, and he actually gives a different explanation similar to the Yafei Tayyar. But this still a starring shayla, so how could we answer that? 
We must say that this idea of the, that that the night of Mitzrayim had a din of day, that's only relevant, that's only in regards to Mitzvah Milah. Only in regard to Mitzvah Milah do we say Laila Kiyam Yair. But regarding the other Mitzvahs, we're not going to say that it had a din Yoyim. Why? What would be such an explanation to make a chilek like that? But a chilek move in the Pashtas. Shechein al Mitzvah Elu HaYitziv Mephorish he says the reason is understood because these mitz, these other mitzvahs had a command that you should eat the basar at this night with your uh, with your belts uh, girded on your uh, on your loins, meaning that the command was not so didn't really make a difference if it's day or night. What the main point was that it was at the time period of when the night usually takes place. So whether it had a din of yoyim or had a din of night, it doesn't really make a difference regarding these other mitzvahs. It had to be during that time of when night was. As the Rebbe explains in R38, Hatam that the reason why the command was given in this way, he says, the reasoning is like this, because these mitzvahs are not totally in the gedder of Lila. It doesn't make a difference if it was dark outside or if it was light outside. The main thing was when it began. It needed to begin at the night of the 15th of Nisan. And the reasoning is because the night of the 15th was the time of Chippazan. As uh, different Amand Amr explained in the, in the Gemara, whether that means because the Mitzrayim were trying to rush them out of, uh, out of Mitzrayim, or because the Yidin themselves were rushing. The point is that it needed to be at night, meaning at the time when night usually takes place, because that's when, um, that's when the Chippazim was. That's why I say, even if it was, Laila Kiyam Yar, or shining like the daytime, nonetheless, it was still at the time of Chippazim. So when Hashem was saying Laila Zayim, He wasn't saying that it needs to be in a time when it's dark. He was trying to say is that it needs to be specifically tonight. This is when this needs to take place, when it's chipazin, regardless of whether it's light outside or dark outside. Masha Inkim, the mitzvah mila, where that was relevant, that has to be specifically by the day. So Yesh Leimar, that it was done, tak, at the night of Yitzis Mitzrayim, but that night also had a gather of day. So it had both Kedarim, in a sense. It had a gather of day, but at the same time, it was really still uh, the night time. So this is another answer given. But with this explanation, we're going to explain why it was done specifically that way. Meaning is even if you want to say that it had a din of Yom, still you can ask, why did Hashem do it this way, that he made it the night like a day, so it was at the night time, but it was still light outside, like it was a day, but it was the day happened during the night. Why? Even according to this explanation. So, to explain this, why was it that specifically by the mitzvah milah there was this change that by it the night was on a level that the night shone like the day? Why was that relevant for mitzvah milah of Yitzchus Shrayim? So he explains. He says, He says the whole Indian of Yitzchus was in a way of pasach jumping. It was higher than any types of limitations of nature. He says the Alpitav the Yidim were not able to leave Mitzrayim. Sai Begashmis, it says an Evid was not able to run away from Mitzrayim. And also Beruchnis, they were in 49th level of Tuma. They were not on the level Beruchnis to leave Mitzrayim. They were literally part of that culture. They were part of that society. Uh, so spiritually, they can never leave Mitzrayim. They're completely sunk into it. So the Keita de Chaylis Battle Medidas Atava by Il Mazat Tachtamides Battle Samedidas Bagbalas Mitzarm and Gulmusha Kolse their Stalshus. He says, So how were they able to battle these Medidas Bagbalas? Both Begashmis and even Baruchnis, as we said, both Begashmis and Baruchnis, they were totally, they, they shouldn't have been able to leave Mitzrayim. He says, The only way was to mean the battle, the limitations. Mitzrayim comes to the word of Gvulim. Uh, borders, limitations of the entire Seder L'shtashlis. The only way to break these Mediz Fagbalas is through having a light which is higher than limitations, shine in, which is higher than Seder L'shtashlis, shine at that particular moment. 
So Heim Begashnius, they weren't able to leave. And even Beruchnius, as we're saying, they were kind of sunk into it spiritually. So the way how they were able to get it out was by having this R, which is higher than definitely the physical Medita Hagbalas, which would have been in this world. But even we're saying the spiritual Hagbalas that they were in, which would have been dependent on the higher worlds, all of this had to be completely in this battle. And we'll explain more in Oizayin. Uh, in more detail, why it had to be literally all Hagbalas, but in short, the reasoning is because if there would have been any limitation that remained, it wouldn't have been a complete uh, Yitzia, a complete leaving of Mitzrayim. So all the limitations, both Ruchnis and Gashmis of the entire Seyed Ishtalshlis, had to be removed, and that was only through having an R which is higher than Ishtalshlis uh, shine. V'keiv and Shakal and Yanim Uchrachon Lavaya Deitaira, Srichon Himli Matzvatayat since everything in this world needs to come through Torah, as the famous Medrash the Rebbe brings in R46, that the Torah is like the blueprint, and Hashem looks into the blueprint and creates the Torah. So everything in this world is really a revelation of the Torah. So that's why everything you see in this world is really a mashal uh, of, of a concept in the Torah. So therefore, if we find this that something in this world, it needs to first be found in the Torah. So this, Therefore, this concept that there need to be hamshachav or which is higher than hishtalshlis to be to nullify the medidas, these limitations of hishtalshlis, we need to find this concept also within the Torah that there is an idea which is higher than the Torah, um, which 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 removes the limitations of the Torah. Meaning is, but Torah nimshachas darga haba mamakim gvayoyisim mukaymishal Torah. Matzad atzma kaviyachal haynushi lemayla medidas Torah. Meaning is that there needs to be. Nimshach and Tatayra, a level which is higher than the Torah, how it is mitzad itself, kiviyachal. Meaning is it's higher than the limitations of the Torah. And just a little explanation, and the Rebbe is going to explain more. Meaning is the Torah has the halachas of the Torah. There's certain rules how the Torah works. Uh, but then, the Torah is the Sefer, is the Sefer where Hashem wrote his Chachma and his Ratzin. But ultimately, Hashem is the Balah Ratzin. Hashem is the Balah Chachma. So Hashem is higher than the Torah. Therefore, you have this concept, what's called Hayraisha. Like, um, Hayraisha means that at specific times, Hashem might change the rules in a sense. Like, we, the famous one is Eliyahu Bahar Carmel. Usually, you're not allowed to, once the base of English was built, you're not allowed to bring any Kabanas anywhere else in the world on a Bama. But when Eliyahu, with Hayraisha, meaning Hashem told him specifically to do it, he built, built a Bama on Har Carmel and he brought those Kabanas. Meaning that this idea of Hayraisha, um, that uh, that's higher than the usual rules of the Torah um, and overrides them. <clears throat> so we see this concept of Eraisha with, within the Torah itself. Meaning is that Hashem, who's the Baal HaSefer, the Baal HaRatzen, gives Eraisha and says, I don't want you to do what it says in Torah. At this particular t- moment, you're supposed to do something else. So similarly, this is what happened by by, by the Brismila, which happened by Yitzit Bisram. Usually a Brismila needs to be by the daytime. But Hashem made it uh, that the bris would happen at night. Meaning that it wasn't the regular way. Therefore Hashem made it that Moshe Rabbeinu would not give the command of the before the night. He gave it he gave it night in order that the bris mila will be specifically at the night, which is not like how it's going to be afterwards, um, not like how it was afterwards, once the Torah was given, with, uh, with, when it had the rules and the limitations of the Torah, then it had to be specifically at night. So, so meaning, as we explained earlier, the truth is, uh, this would not be exactly the same idea of a shop because we said before the Torah was given, as the Rebbe proved that the end, you actually were allowed to have the Mila Shalei Bizmana at night. But the question really is, again, as we said, why? Why would Hashem specifically do it that way? So the reasoning is because that expresses and that's symbolic on this idea that at this particular moment in time, Hashem wasn't giving a Mila according to how the Torah would, would want it. Meaning is how the, when the Torah was in this gala by Matan Torah, the Torah said, this is the way how Amila should be done. So before, the, but at that moment in time, meaning is by Yitzhak Yisrael, Hashem didn't want to follow the rules of Torah. He wanted to reach a level which was even higher than the Torah. Meaning because Papashtas, what's the best way to have the Mila? What's the whole idea of the question? If the Torah says to do it by day, so even if halachically you don't need to do it by day, but if the Torah is telling you that's the way how your the Chathila usually do it, 
That's obviously the best way. So why didn't Hashem do it by day? So the explanation is that Hashem was, it was, it was a level which was even higher than these rules of the Torah that was being as gala at that, uh, at that time. Because the revelation uh, that was revealed at that night was higher than Ishtashlis until it was even higher than the rules of the Torah. Therefore, it's also in this battle, the Medidas of Seder Shtashlis, and this of Shachas Or was, was way of Dilug, way of jumping. As we said, in order for this Or to come into this world, it first needs to be expressed in the Torah. So once the Torah uh, had that revelation, then uh, through the Torah, which is the blueprint, it calls to be revealed in this world. Then the Hamshachas Alakus was in Eretz Mitzrayim as it was filled with Gulim, which is something which is a place which is Gulim. You can't have a Gil Alakus. As we know, that Moshe Rabbein, when he would have his Nevuah, he would leave Mitzrayim. He says, I can't have the Nevuah while I'm inside Mitzrayim because it's a place which is filled of Gulim. He had to leave the city. So we see that it's Tuma and, 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 and Kedusha cannot be together. But nonetheless, at this time it was. The, the Or was able to come in because it was Nisbat of the Medidis, the limitations of Tava in this world. There was a Pasach, and that's how you see Mitzrayim happen, which was Hepecha Tava. Zayim. So that's how it was in the Torah and the world. He says, just like within the Torah, there need to be this idea of Diluk in order for Yitzis Mitzrayim to happen. He says, similarly, there needs to be in the Avaidah the Bnei Yisrael, and also within our own Avaidah, there needs to be a Diluk in our Avaidah. Meaning is we have our certain ishtashos, we have our certain limitations, and we need to jump out of that because everything ultimately happens midah kenegah midah. In order for something to happen, lamayla, that this or should be nimshech in the Torah and ultimately through the Torah into this world, at first we need to do an avayda that merits that because everything is midah kenegah midah. So where do we see that the Bnei Yisrael had this idea of diluk? He says, therefore, the preparation for Yitzvah Yisrael was specifically the Dam Pasach and the Dam Mila, because these two mitzvahs both are expressive Vedas which are higher than limitation. As we know, Pasach is the idea of jumping, um, right, which is expressing not going one step at a time, but jumping over steps, going over limitations. Umila is in Yana. Bris Eilam, you know, and then realized its Indian is an eternal bris, something which is higher than time. And so Pasach, we're seeing it's higher than Makim, Dilug, and Mila, the Rebbe is stressing that it's higher than Bris Eilam, it's higher than time. So this is a Kasha Nitzchi, which doesn't have any type of limitations. So B'zei Yuvah, Mash Metzinu Chidish, B'Pasach, Umila, Sh'ein B'chol Sh'ar, Mitzvah Sesei. Of course. Therefore, we see a certain chiddush by Pasach and Mila that we don't have by any other mitzvah essay, that only these two mitzvah essay have a chiv course. Meaning, is if you're able to do the, uh, if you don't do a bris Mila or you don't do the korban Pasach, a person would be chiv kars. He said, Kashem, but do, but I just in Yom Shalomai Lemishdalshlus Vedargis, ain't called mocking the Dargis he says, when we're talking about levels which are higher than ishtalshas, which are higher than degrees, higher than levels, when we talk about degrees, you can have many, you know, 1 to 10, you can have many degrees, 1.1, 1.2, 2.5, 7.8, you can have many degrees when we're talking about within ishtalshas. But once we're reaching a place which is higher than numbers, then there is no degrees, because there's no concept of numbers. He says, He says, when you're talking about higher than ishtalshas, you have one of two things. Says, a person either can become connected to Hashem, uh, he have a eternal connection which is higher than any type of shinuim, it's believable, or you don't have that, and a person has a chorus and he doesn't have any shaykhs Because since we're talking about higher than a shtalshlus, there's no degrees, there's no numbers there, so it's either one way or another. And similarly, to maybe give a mashal oilam haza, you know, friendship, let's say, is a connection to someone else, which, let's say, not, not the truest type of uh, friendship like David um, and Yonasan, but let's say a regular friendship that we have. That's a relationship which is based on degrees. Uh, the better the relationship, 
a person might have, the stronger it could come. And, but it goes in degrees. As time goes on, and, and the more you know the person, the more favors which are done for each other, the friendship gets stronger or weaker. Um, but Mashenkin, let's say a father and a son, you're either you're the son or you're not the son. It's not like, oh, I spent 30 years with him, all of a sudden I'm like his son or I'm like his father. You're either a son or you're not a son. You can't change it. This is an etzim de kazakh. It's not something which is based on degrees. It's either one way or the other. It's the same thing when we're talking about higher than Ashtashas, our essential connection to Hashem. We either have that essential connection, you're either, either the son of Hashem or Hashem not. And that's why these two mitzvahs, which their whole idea is this idea of higher than Ashtashas, you have this idea of kars. If you don't do it, you're basically saying you don't have a connection to Hashem. So this is our derech kolosisi This is similar to what we said in Sivvah by Yitzhak We said we have to remove, we need to have an or which is higher than Shtalsh that removes all the Medidas Vagbalas, even the Medidas Vagbalas of Torah. Why? Because if not, you're still going to be remaining in if not all the medidas are left, meaning is that there's still some limitations of this world still here. Even if it's an oil hatsilas, the highest medidas vatbalas there are, if we're still limited by that, then it's not going to be this essential connection to Hashem. So therefore, in order for us to have that essential connection to Hashem, this oritual, it had to be that all medidas were removed. Not just the ones that come inside the guf, but even ones that come inside the nasham. Therefore, he says the gilui of alayl kiyem yair by mitzitz shrayim, which is is need to be haitzitz richalias shaychus ikris. You need to have an essential, an definitive connection to mitzitz mila. Right? So this is the original question. Why did we, first of all, need to be by night? And then we added more. Why did we need to have a night which was like day, specifically by Mitzvah Smila? Saying the reasoning is, because this idea of Laila Kiyam Yair, meaning is that you don't have these limitations of time. Darkness is li- and light is happening at the same time. This is something which is higher than limitations of the world. That is expressing a Gili or which is higher uh, than the world. This is a, a, a key of this idea of Laila Kiyam Yair, in, and, and that also needs to be expressed in our Avodah. What was the avoided? The Mila. So the avoided that the Yidin had, which was the union of the bris Mila, which is a bris Oilam, which is an eternal, which is something the higher than Zman Makim, had to be also be done in this world in a way that Lail of Kayam Yair, which is expressing it how it's higher than Hagbalis. So that's why it was specifically done that way. Now moving on to Mitzvah Mila, Ben Kedem and Now we can understand also the difference in Mitzvah Mila for as it happened before Matan Tayyar and how to act in Matan Tayyar. Meaning is why before Matan Torah had to be this way, which is completely higher than any type of limitations. Even the way that it was fulfilled in this world was higher than limitations, because it was done at a time when darkness, when it was when it was night, which is again not according to the halacha of the Torah. But at the same time, that night was at the same time day, so it was according uh, to halacha in that sense. But it was obviously higher than the Indian of Zman. So he says, He says, The true idea of Dilog happens by the Mitzvah Mila before Matan Tair specifically. He says, This type, this Mila was pale, a Dilog which was from one extreme to the next. It took them out of the Rishus of Klippa and brought them into the Rishus of Kedusha. He says, from this itself, they were taken out from the Rishus of Klippa, from the lowest level of Klippa, from the Memtesh Aratuma, and they were brought to the highest level of Kedusha. This is a jump which is Be'in Oreich Lagamri. It, therefore, it couldn't have any type of limitations. Therefore, there was no difference between day and night. Mash Enkin la'achar matan tayr, she b'nei Yisrael nasu k'var ba'ifin d'tzir v'seder shal kedusha, but Mash Enkin after matan tayr, when the Yidim were already in a tzir, they already had a seder, they already had the, 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 the image and the seder of kedusha, meaning as b'nei Yisrael had, um, Hashem chose them as the nation. Right? So we had a neshama, we had the b'chir of what Hashem had with us, 
He says, since at that point, when after Matan Torah, we already are Hashem's chosen nation, Malachas Chayinim, as we say in the Haggadah, that before Matan Torah, the people who didn't want to leave Mitzrayim Taka died. But after Matan Torah, everybody's going to go out by the final Ula, meaning because we all have an essential connection to this Kedusha. So then the Bris Island that we have about Mitzvah Mila is not as extreme. It's not as extreme from one extreme to the next, from Menta Sharatuma to Nigla Melech Machmah because already we're in this connection. We already have a bris, um, uh, we already have a bris in a sense with Hashem. And therefore the Bris Oilam is within the Seder Fikdusha itself. It's bringing us from one level to a higher level. And therefore there are differences between day and night. And we say the Mila Dafka has to be done by the daytime. Meaning is we already see that there's Chuluk in between day and night. Uh, so it's not on the same level of, uh, of, of jumping. Um, I, so you can ask why then is there a chi of course nowadays for mitzvah smila? Um, so the Rebbe doesn't go into that. But Papashas, what we're trying to, I think what the Rebbe was trying to say is that we've seen the essential concept of the bris smila is this idea of jumping from one extreme to the next, making this, uh, the bris is that idea of making this essential connection to Hashem. So before Matan Torah, you're able to see the, this idea of the, of the bris in its most clearest and most essential form. After Matan Torah, you're not seeing it in its most essential form, but ultimately that's really what it is even after Matan Torah. The essential aspect of the bris is really this uh, connection that we have with Hashem. Okay. So what's the last thing? He says that needs to happen every generation, every single day. He says because every level is a level of Mitzrayim, which comes from the expression of limitations. Because every level is limited relative to the level which is higher than it. When a person needs to leave Mitzrayim, he needs to know that there are no limitations, not even the limitations of the Torah. Meaning is, the Torah itself gives many uh, limitations. I'll just give one that comes to mind, is that there's only three mitzvahs that a person is supposed to be Yav or Bial Yarek, right? A person's not supposed to, if a person is put into a situation where you're supposed to do a Vera, or, or if not, you'll be killed only for three Averas, should he not do that. Uh, is he supposed to give up his life? That's for Gilai Rice, murder, and for Avaydazar. But for any other one, you're supposed to give up your life. But it's known that there are more Paskins that if a person wants, he's able to give up his life for any mitzvah that he wants to do. And Hasidim, even according to many, even for a minig, a person could risk his life, uh, risk his life at least for, for a minig, um, in order to fulfill that minig. I, but according to the Medus of Torah, it's really supposed to only be those three. But we see this concept that even, according to the Torah in a sense, you're allowed to go higher than the Torah. You're, you're allowed to push farther than what the Torah would, would regularly say. Like as the Ramam says, a person that uh, gives up his life for any other the mitzvahs is like he's ma'avid he's like committing suicide. So see, even according to the logic of the Torah, a person should not give up his life for all the other mitzvahs because the Chaibam, you're supposed to live in the Torah and if you give up your life for one mitzvah, you're not going to be able to do thousands and thousands of more mitzvahs if you would have lived out your entire life. But nonetheless, the Torah itself says uh, that the person has the capability not to follow the logic of Torah, but he could give up his life for any mitzvah that that uh, that, that Goy Chas Hashem is trying to, to make him be over. Um, so we're not limited. That's the idea of the mitzvah. There are limitations of Torah, but on the other hand, we're able to rise higher than that. Um, like Torah says a person who works only needs to Learn a parakach chachras parakach arvis, so that according to the Medidus of Balsas, Medidus of Tyre, that's all you need to do. But a person, as Chassidus sometimes explains, the idea of stealing his time, meaning is you're supposed to be working, and according to Tyre, you're allowed to be working, but you can steal time from your work and and have an, and learn an extra shear in Tyre. So you're going above the Medidus of Tyre because Tyre doesn't say you need to do that, but nonetheless you do it. And I guess any similarly with any type of a hidur or chumra that a person takes on. So person has a possibility to do nevera, 
and Avera is the idea of Gauls Mitzrayim and to be over on the Ratzon Ha'alyan, then it does make a difference if it's the, the most Kalash of of Averis relative to the strictest of the Averis, meaning as a, a strictest of the Averis, something that you, let's say, Avedizara, something you chayv misa for if a person is over. He says, Mitzad the Ratzon Elyon. Ratzon Elyon is higher than, than reasoning. Even the reasoning of above, meaning is the Torah has a certain reasoning, has a certain logic, but Ratzon Elyon is even higher than that logic, and ultimately all the mitzvahs are exactly the same, because they're the Ratzon Elyon. So this, that one mitzvah, or one of there, you might be Chayv Misa, and another one, nothing happens to the person, that's just how it is mitzvah tamadas. But if you reach uh, the level of ratzon elia, how the mitzvahs are within Hashem, mitzvah the ratzon, they're all actually exactly the same. They're all the will of God. So you need to fulfill all of them equally. So davar zema oira filu kal shabakalim shiim sir afu as nafsha filo diktu kal shadiver seifim leichal shabachashbanya. So this type of um, meditation is awakens even the kal shabakalim, the, the the light of the light. Meaning is. Uh, even a simple Jew, that he will be moister his nafesh even for a, a, a mitzvah durabonim, a mitzvah kal durabonim, without any type of calculations. For sure, when we don't have the limitations of day of night, then it doesn't make a difference if by him he's in, in a situation of light, meaning as he's inspired, or he's in a situation where he's not inspired. It doesn't make a difference if he's tired. It doesn't make a difference if he has different types of retzoyness and different types of tivus, which chulu, which are the opposite of what Hashem wants. With a gvura, which is higher than tamadas, he takes out his sword and he gives himself the mila. He connects himself with Hashem through the fulfillment of Hashem's Ratzin, um, with a fundamental connection and a bris oilam, an eternal bris with Hashem. Meaning is that a, the ra that we're learning from here is that our bris that we have with Hashem, even the bris that we have after, after, after Matan Torah, ultimately is really a bris that connects us to a level of Hashem which is higher uh, than any type of Hagbalas. And therefore, we're able to... Um, connect to Hashem higher than Iqbal, so we don't have anything which will limit us, even the limit of the Torah. Maybe just to add just a little more explanation of how the bris of what we have nowadays is connected to the bris from before, even though now we already always have this essential connection to Hashem, is it could be that also the bris reveals that connection. Before Matan Torah, that in a sense created that connection that we would have with Hashem. After Matan Torah, we already have this connection, but through the bris milah, we're able to reveal that connection. It's not just going to remain behelam, but we literally have in our physical body a revelation of how um, we are connected to Hashem, that even our physical body, the Gashmizdika body, has a connection to Hashem, which is higher than any type of limitations.